Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. chapter 1 and a little tiny bit of Joel chapter 2. Now Joel is one of our minor prophets and like uh, you may have pondered from time to time, well what makes a major prophet? What makes a minor prophet? It's not about how much God used them or the, or the power that flowed through them. It, wh- what it is is how much of their writings do we have. So when we have like Daniel who has all this stuff, these huge huge books in the Bible, and Isaiah, huge books of the Bible. Then we get to some of our lesser prophets that just don't have that much, um, that much scripture. So that's what makes a major and a minor prophet. Because I always thought that was a little unfair. Hey, what in the world? Why does this guy got to be a minor prophet? Okay, any, any old hoot and holler. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your anointing. Lord God, your will be done in this service. Thank you, Father God, that, that we are a church that is sold out to you, Lord. We are a church that wants more of you in our hearts and less of us and less of the world. That we're not man-pleasers, Lord, but we want to please you, Lord. And we do see the seriousness of the hour, Lord. And we are doing that about face from all things that are ungodly and unproductive, Lord. And we are running fully and committed into your arms. We love you and we praise you. And your will be done. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. And everybody in the church said, Amen. So Joel chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. Guys, we're talking about repentance, okay? I'm not talking about the guys down the street. I'm not talking about the guys that are still sleeping from last night. I'm not talking about the guy in the gutter. And we're not certainly judging those folks, okay? Without God's grace, that's me and that's you, okay? Y'all with me this morning? But what I'm talking about, I'm talking about God's people. I'm talking about Christian folks, people that love Jesus Christ, that are holding on to things that we have no business holding on to. Um, You know, I mean, just fill in the blank. Because you know what I'm talking about. You know it doesn't take very long for you to allow the Lord to do a little digging before you realize there's some things in my life that are not productive to my relationship with the Most High God. Is everybody with me so far? Okay, so Joel chapter 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Now, I want to stop right there, guys. The name Joel means um, Yahweh is God. Okay, that's what Joel's name means. Okay, so anytime you saw Joel, he's like, hey, Yahweh is God. Well, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Looky here. This is, what I want, I want, this is the first thing I want us to grab a hold of this morning. Okay, Yahweh is God or The God that you serve, the one true God, is the one true God. Does that make sense to you this morning? Okay, there's a lot of fake deities out there. There's a lot of philosophies. There's a a lot of crazy schools of thought about, hey, God's dead. Hey, there is no God. I, I, I follow Buddhism and all that sort of stuff. But I'm here to tell you, man, if you're a Christian, if you've accepted that wonderful, precious gift, um, you made the right decision. Because there is, only, there is only one true God, okay? I'm not here to step on anybody's toes, but the, but the truth is the truth. And thank the good Lord that we're not wasting our time. That we do belong to the Most High God. So if you ever wonder, hey, did I make the right choice? Well, you did make the right choice. Go turn to the very first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, Yahweh. In the beginning, your God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Okay, so you're not wasting your time worshiping some fake deity or some dead ideal or some craziness, okay, but you belong to the Most High God. Hey, Paul, you're kind of pushing that point. You're kind of driving that point home. Yes, I am, because we do live in crazy times, okay, and our world is nutso. All God's people said our world's kind of nutso. I mean, I could not believe, I could not agree with you more. But look at, look over here, look at Psalm 91 and verse 14. This is talking about our God, okay? So we know Joel's name means Yahweh is God. Or we can say Courtney's God is the one true God. Donnie's God is the one true God. The God that Sister Rhonda puts her faith in is the one true God. Okay, so when all everything around me is sinking sand, when nothing makes sense anymore, okay, check this out. Psalm 91, verse 14. This is for us this morning. So get excited, man. Because he holds fast to me in love. Isn't that cool? Because I'm holding on to my Lord. Because I belong to the one true God, Brother Travis. Because he holds fast to me in love. Picture like that, that little baby that ain't letting go, man. You know, that's me. That's you holding on to our Lord. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. Isn't that wonderful? You know, well, maybe, maybe you're not worried at all about, about current events. Maybe you have no idea what's going on, okay? Maybe you're just calm, cool, and collective. Well, I hope it's because you're already trusting in the Lord, and this is old news, okay? But let's just get excited about it. If it's not old news, or if it is old news, but because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. Man, I just get stoked up about that, man. You know what I mean? Because, because, Travis, we're not serving some fake God that can't help us. We're not serving some stupid ideal. We have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And he says, you hold on to me, man. You hold on to me. Things might get a little crazy. Okay, but don't, don't turn your back on me because I'm not going to let you go. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name because he knows me, because he loves me, because we're in a covenant relationship, God says, you know what? I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to be right here with you no matter how high that water gets or no matter what kind of crops are produced, no matter what your boss man says, no matter how good everything's looking in your bank account, God says, looky, looky, I'm here with you. Don't let go of me. Okay, Yahweh is God and that's your God. Give him some praise, man, seriously. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news. So I wanted to start off with that. Joel 1 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Verse 2. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Okay, now check this out. Joel, 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 Joel. He's getting this information, man, and he's passing it on. You know, God's using him. This is a prophet of the Most High God. And so this huge this humongous attack of locusts has come on uh, Judah. Okay, Jerusalem, the whole nine, everything is just being overran by these locusts. Now, this is very interesting. Listen to verse 2. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Now, when I was reading this the other day, it just kind of jumped out at me. Okay. Joel's talking about this plague of locusts that's devouring everything. Now, look, put yourself in this verse right here, okay? 
Hear this, Donnie. Hear this, Travis. Hear this, Sister Rachel. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days? Look around, guys. Look at what's been going on. You know, our world is just crazy, crazy right now, right? Okay. And we know the answer, okay? And we got a job to do, okay? We can't just sit back any longer, okay? So here's Joe, Joel saying, hey, hey, all you old timers, you ever seen anything like this before in your lifetime? What about you old timers? Um, what about your pappy and your grandmammy? You ever remember them talking about anything like this before? No, because ain't nothing like this ever happened. Not here. Okay, maybe I remember the big plague of locusts. You know, we heard about that in Egypt. Okay, that was a long time ago. And that was God's judgment on a pagan culture for, for God to make them realize, hey, he's the one true God. Well, hold on a second. I think God might be trying to get our attention too. You know what I'm saying? Okay, <laughs> man, nothing like this has ever happened here before. Okay, so, so when I look on the news, and I, and, I, and I get this creepy feeling, man, like, like man, is, is everybody is just calling right wrong and wrong right, you know? And it happened in little tiny increments, but now it's kind of out in the open. Hey, this is what you need to know. This is what folks are telling you, man. Uh, fancy boys on the TV and on the computer. This is what you think's happening, but this is what is really happening. And, there, you know, it's just, it kind of makes me feel nauseated, man. You know, I just have the feeling like the whole truth isn't being told. Amen. Can I get a witness? I promise to you, I, I'm not doing Democrat Republican thing. It's not about that, man. Okay. We're in a spiritual battle. Okay. We're in a spiritual battle and Satan wants this land and God is rallying his troops. God is telling his people, hey, Yahweh is God. Your God is God. Now get up, wake up, rise up. Can I get a witness? Amen. Give him some praise. Go ahead. Hear this, you elders. Give ear. All inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? No, no, not like this. It's just crazy out there right now. Okay, now verse 3. Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. Okay. People of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, you ever seen anything like this before where all the locusts are devouring everything and everything is all messed up in our little neck of the woods now? It ain't like it was a year ago. Everything is just messed up. No, no, I can't say that I have ever seen anything like this. Not here, not in this part of town. <laughs> and, and then he's like, well, how about this? You tell your kids about it. Your kids tell your kids, and let's go on for several generations about this. In other words, people are going to be talking about this mess for a very long time. Okay, people, this is going to be something that's going to be right there on the front water cooler topic all the time, man, for several years, the crazy locust thing that devoured everything. Okay, now that's part of it, sure. Certainly that, that's going on, you know. And we can, we can remember and we can reflect on stuff like that. You know, there's those things that happen in our life, in our world, in our nation that are like milestones, you know, like the great, what is that thing that happened? Hmm. The great stock market crash. Remember that? No, we don't remember that, but we sure heard about it, right? 
the Great Depression. That's right, sweetheart. That's exactly where I was getting at. Okay. Um, the Great Depression. We know about that. Okay. People still talk about that. People get a little fearful about that. You know, also, uh, uh, let's see, what else? Um, what about, hmm, what about uh, Bay of Pigs invasion? What about Cuban Missile Crisis? What about Pearl Harbor? We still talk about Pearl Harbor. The oldest ones of us that are part of this church were tiny, tiny, tiny babies when that happened. But we still think about that, you know. And what's the, what's the newest one? Well, we got the virus thing, but 9-11. We haven't forgot about 9-11, you know. So Joel's saying, hey, tell your kids. Tell your kids, 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 kids. In other words, there's these things that change our life. But when these things happen, okay, well, let me say it like this. I do remember in the first Gulf War when we had to set chairs out in here because overnight we were just packed to the gills with people that wanted to intercede for our nation. And then I remember the same thing in 9-11 and certain uh, um, like t- hurricanes and stuff like that. The church would just get packed out, man. But then when it gets back to business as usual, we all kind of get back to business as usual. Does that make sense? Okay, we're not stressed out anymore. Okay, so 9-11's way back here, you know. Certainly World War II's way back here. Okay, but these are teachable moments. That's what I'm trying to say. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Tell your kids about it. In other words, the reason why we got this whole locust thing going on in Judah right now is because we have decided to put God on the back burner. God's people have decided to put God on the back burner. So there it is. God's trying to wake his people up. Okay, so we can look back at 9-11. We can look at, back at these certain things uh, in our past and say, hmm, all God's people said, hmm. God might be trying to get his people's attention, you know? Surely that's the case, right? But then when things settle down, you know, some of us trust in chariots. Some of us trust in horses. You know, things look okay right now. Maybe we got the right person in the White House and some, some of y'all's opinions or whatever. So, so we can get relaxed, man. But see, God will shake some stuff up, man. God will shake some stuff up to get his people's attention. So here we are, man. The locusts are everywhere. Let's teach our kids about it. Why? So they don't have to go through this same mess. Maybe they, maybe our kids won't drop the ball. Maybe they won't get so fat, dumb, and happy. Maybe they will be sold out to the Most High God in the good times and the bad times. Does that make sense? Deuteronomy 11 and verse 18. This is what God called his people to do. This is what God calls us to do. Okay? Talking about God's word. And if we would keep God's word in the place where it needs to be in our lives, right there at the forefront, if we would be obedient to God's word, you know what I mean? We'd keep ourselves out of a whole lot of trouble. God wouldn't have to get our attention near as much if we were right there at his feet all the time. Does that make sense? Okay. Anyways, tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children in another generation. Deuteronomy 11 and verse 18. You shall, is what God wants from us, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart. Are we doing that? I think we need to do that. You know, we got to get back to the Bible, man. Church folk have to get back to the Bible. We got to get back in the Word of God and be obedient to the Word of God. Okay, having said that, moving forward, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. 
Are we doing that? Or are we just kind of reading it to get a little check mark? Or maybe we're just getting a, a little history lesson. Well, that's a start. But we need to get into this word. Because this word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And this word will show you, hey, hey, you know what there, Paul? I don't like this part. I, I want you to deal with this. Okay? And you can't plead ignorance. Once God has showed you what you need to work on, we've got to work on it. Okay? And a lot of times, let's be honest, that's why we'll put the book over to the side for a while. Oh, man, I don't like that. You know? Well, listen, God's trying to get our attention. He's trying to say, hey, work on this. And this, this is for Polly. This is for everybody. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. What in the world is that talking about? You know, let God's word dictate what I'm going to do with my hands, man. You know, what are my thoughts? What am I thinking on? What am I looking at? You know what I mean? Okay, now, the, the religious elite of the day, um, they took this verse and, and they decided to make it like an outward show, you know. I want people to see how godly I am. And you guys already know about this. They'd make these little boxes, man, little boxes. You ever seen the, the cool dude walking around with the, with the flashlight on his head looking around at night? No, not miners, baby. But I do it from time to time. But anyways, they would put a Bible verse, man. They would put God's Word all rolled up in a little box that was right here in front of their head. So they're always thinking about God's Word. Hey, look, you know what I'm doing? Oh, I don't have to think about what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're meditating on God's Word because you got a Bible verse right there on your forehead, a little, little box. Well, that most likely was not always the case, but it was an outward showing, man. Hey, man, I'm double devoted to God. I'm way more devoted to God than you folks are. You know what I mean? Okay, well, God doesn't care about that stuff. And God says if you're doing something like that, you know, to get people's attention, well, go ahead and clap your hands and give yourself a pat on the back because that's your little reward right there. You know what I mean? But see, God says meditate on my word. Think about my word. That's going to keep us out of so much trouble. So, hey, Joel's like, say, hey, teach your kids about this mess that you're going through, that we're going through, okay? Just maybe, maybe this next generation will get it. They won't be so lazy. They won't be so complacent, okay? Well, you know what's going to help with that, Joel? You know what's going to help with that? Is if us in the homes teach our kids, but not just by saying, hey, it's time for Bible study, but not straddling the fence, not, not confusing our kids all the time with all the hypocrisy. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Okay. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them, verse 19, you shall teach them to your children, talking to them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way. Isn't that, this is kind of a cool picture of the good mommy and daddy. You know, the mommy and daddy, we would all like to be kind of, sort of. You know, we're hanging out in the house and we're not fighting over what channel we're watching or nothing, but we're talking about the good Lord. We're sitting in the house, we're talking about Jesus. Now we're walking, we're going down the way, we're walking down the path. Hey, good kids, you know what? God sure is good. Put your faith in God. Isn't that cool? This is what God wants us to do. You shall teach them to your children talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So God says, hey, 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 hey. I, I, I gave you these kids here, Judah. I gave, you, I gave you these kids here, Victory Life Church. Okay, 
And I don't just give them to you for you to uh, feed them chocolate syrup all day long, you know. But I, but I give you these babies, you know, they're on loan for you. And I want you to be good stewards. I want you to raise them up in the right way, okay. And God wants us to take that serious. And I, I'm sure we're doing that. But I see here in the text, bad times have come upon the land. Ain't nobody ever seen nothing like this before. And Joel says, hey. Tell your kids about this. Make sure they pass this all the way down the line that, hey, when you turn your back on God, you're not making that right decision, okay? You need to keep God at the center. You know what I mean? I'm talking about Jesus, take the will. Is it, baby? I didn't know. I've heard it from time to time. I don't know who sings that. Uh, Thank you, sweetie. Okay, Proverbs 13 and verse 22. Man, I I really, really dig this verse. A good man leaves an inheritance. Yeah, I like the sound of that. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. What's it talking about? I'm talking about what my daddy left me. You know, what my daddy left me, what God. You know, my dad didn't teach me a lot of stuff, man. He was a really, really busy guy. But don't get me wrong, he was an excellent father. But one thing I know for sure, I know this, and this isn't just me making something up for the, for the point of some sermon or something. And those of you that knew the man know what I'm talking about. He loved God. He seriously loved God. And he didn't want to do it unless God approved of it, whatever that would be, okay? And that's one thing that he really left with me. He taught me... To, to worship God, to trust God. Above all else, trust God. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, man. Okay? And, and, and you know what else? He taught me how to pray. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't recollect us ever getting down on our knees, both of us, and he's saying, now you say, our Father who art. I don't ever remember him doing that. He may have done that. But by example, over and over again, when something crazy would come into his world, how he would break into prayer, when, when something would happen in his family, how he would go alone and kneel before the Lord and pray for hours and hours and hours and hours, man, you know, until he would get that breakthrough. There was a seriousness in him about his relationship with the Lord. Does that make sense? And that's the inheritance that my father left me. And that's the inheritance that God wants us to leave for our kids, man, that they know this stuff. You know that you can accumulate and all that. That's fine and dandy, but it's not going to last forever and it will never appease. It will never satisfy. And of course, we train, our, we train our kids to work hard and all that sort of thing. But the number one thing we can teach them is that God, Yahweh, is God. Yahweh is God and that's who you serve. Can I get a witness? Joel 1.4. Joel 1.4. Yeah, we got it right here. So tell your children. Now look here. This is what the locusts are doing to the land. What the cutting locusts left. Okay, so the cutting locusts left some stuff. That's pretty good. All right. What the cutting locusts left, the swarming locusts has eaten. Now we got swarming locusts. What the swarming locusts left. Okay, the swarming locusts and the cutting locusts. Left to list a little something here. The hopping locust says he, Honey, we got hopping locusts now. They're hopping all over the place. The hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. That sounds about right. That seems like the last level of a video game. 
you go from the cutting locust to like the destroying locust. Here's the destroying locust. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's the deal, man. They got nothing, man. Their whole world, listen up, beloved. Their whole world got changed, man. It ain't like it was last year. The locusts, the destroying locusts, the hopping locusts, all the locusts done ain't everything up, man. They're in a bad place. Can we look back on our life and say, man, things have kind of really, really changed over the last three, six, five. Not even that. But, you know, things are getting crazy. You know, think about the, uh, we'll don't draw on it too much, but we want to give it to the Lord. But, man, all of the communities ate up with drugs, man. Ate up so bad. All types of crazy addictions, man. And the violence that comes along with that. I mean, that's just one little thing that's going on in our community. And, and look at the, the racial tension and the, and the way everything's just gotten crazy, man. You know? So this is what's going on, man. Sure, Satan wants to destroy this land. We know that. Satan wants to destroy your family. Man, we know that. You know, but God's going to, God is using this. And he's saying, church folk, Christian people, wake up. Wake up. It's time to wake up, okay? Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, man. We, we have this wonderful gift in our arsenal that we rarely use. But God wants his people to be a praying people. And God wants his people to be a repentant people. God wants us to enjoy that relationship with him and to go deeper with him. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Okay. What the cutting locust... Let me go to verse 5. Yeah, we got that right there. Here it is. Here, here, here's the rallying call. Awake, you drunkards, and weep. And well, all the drinkers of wine, uh, this is not a prohibition about having wine with your dinner, has nothing to do with wine, okay? Talking about wine, booze, beer, are you of legal age? Are you going to let it be an idol to you? It doesn't need to be idle. Everything needs to be done in moderation. But we can, we can be drunk on way more than wine and beer, man. You know, I'm talking about people that have, we've gotten so complacent, Judah, Jerusalem. We've gotten so complacent. We put our trust in chariots and horses. We put our trust in our people, our scientists, our, our people in, in authority. We just sit back and relax. And guess what happens, man? You open your eyes one day and your world's just kind of falling apart, man. Okay. Because somewhere along the line, good Christian folks forgot that uh, our God is a jealous God. Okay? He's a jealous God. He's not jealous of you. You know, that's, red that's redonkulous. All God's people said, that's redonkulous. Yeah, that's what the kids say now. I, I don't know. I don't know who says that. But, but he's not jealous of you. Okay? He's the potter. We are the clay. He's jealous for you. He created you. He saved you. He blesses you. He gives you strength. He's like, stop prostituting yourself out to all these stupid things that aren't going to last. Because Yahweh is God. I'm God. Okay? You need to sell out to me. Can I get a witness? Awake, you drunkards, and weep. And well. Wake up, folks. You know, we kind of get sedated, don't we? I wonder what's on TV tonight. I wonder what's on TV tonight. You know, we get in our own little world, but at the same time, everything's falling apart around us. But we don't care 
because the Benson's reunion's coming on Nick at night, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I guess we should wrap things up. Awake, you drunkards, and weep. And well, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine. Because, man, you've been, you've been off, just kind of, just off here, man, while the world's been falling apart. Wake up. Wake up. For it is cut off from your mouth. Okay, these little things that have occupied you, Judah, Jerusalem, America, Milton, these little things that have kept you sedated and happy and fat, dumb, and lazy, you might not have those a year from now, man. They might be taken away from you. Just food for thought. These things that you've been chasing, ah, they're not going to be able to help you out. There's only one thing that can help you out, and that's the Most High God. Can I get a witness? Okay, I'm going to do something. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Now check this out. This is where it gets really, really good. Because obviously you guys are a smart bunch of folks. You see the comparisons here from ancient Judah and what Israel went through. You know, where God was saying, repent. Oh, no, I want someone else to do that. I kind of I kind of want to just put, straddle the fence here. I'm just having a good time doing this and serving God on the side and all this. And God's saying, repent, repent. Or there's going to be some times of judgment. <laughs> and they wouldn't repent. And then this craziness would happen that God had warned them about over and over again. But then they would fall on their knees and repent. And God would say, Okay. All right. Here we go. You see that over and over again in Scripture. Okay, so here we are. We're God's people. We've been grafted in that family. We're Christian folks, right? We've been grafted into God's family. And he says, church, church, folks, I need you guys. And he does. He wants to use us. You are here for a time just like this to be used by God. In your place of work, that job that you can't stand, hey, God's got you there for a reason, for a time and a season to let your light shine. You know what I mean? Okay. Anywho, all those people said anywho. Yet even now, that's my favorite part about all this. Donnie, that's my favorite part. Yet even now, in other words, it's not too late. It's not too late for America. Go run through the streets. You're released. Go run through the streets and start knocking on people's door and say, is it, is it Christmas morning? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Just say it's not. Don't do anything. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me. Listen, I know we love God. I know we love God. I know we love Jesus. But sometimes we forget, man, that he's a jealous God. You know, and he wants all of us, man. He, he wants us heart, soul, body. He wants our thoughts to be about him. He wants us to be focused about him. That's kind of tough to do. Yeah, it is kind of tough to do. But the more you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the more he will fill you up and the more you will want of that. Can I get a witness? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Repent. No more playing games. Repent. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. 
Okay, that was another outward show thing. Remember we talked about earlier how the Pharisees had a little box on their forehead? You know, with the little Bible verse, everyone said, oh man, that dude, that dude is really sold out to God, man. I wonder what verse he has in there. Well, another, another thing that, that cats would do is, you know, when they were upset, they'd rip their clothes. <laughs> horrible day. I'm upset with you. You know, all God's people want. No. No. Then that was like an outward thing, man. Like, oh, I don't know much, but I know that cat's not having a good day. You know what I mean? Whew. Yeah. Okay. So God's saying, look, man, no, no, no time for playing games here, beloved. You know, they're talking about something in your heart, about getting serious with the Lord. You know, doesn't matter if anybody else is on, along with you on the program or not, because revival is going to start with you. It's going to start with one person. It's going to start with me. It's going to start with, with, with just one person saying enough's enough, man. Enough's enough. I'm not straddling the fence anymore. I'm selling out to Yahweh. I'm selling out to God because he's all that matters. You know what I mean? Okay, so anywho, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're in a mess. Whether you realize it or not, we are in a mess in America. We're in a mess. Okay, and remember last week is my people who are called by my name. So it's up to the Christian folks, it's up to the Bible-believing people to do something about it. The world, the unbeliever, the pagan, they're going to do what they do, man. And some of them, a lot of them are going to try and fix it how they know how to fix it, how they think they know how to fix it, but it's going to, it's going to yield a worldly harvest. It will not produce, okay? It's going to keep going in another direction. But God says, hey, church folk, Christian folk, man, you don't have to be huddled up in your little four walls anymore, man. Okay, and if you stay in those four walls for any amount of time, best get on your knees and pray because prayer changes things. Can I get a witness? And rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Man, that's good news. That grace, that grace, those wonderful blessings that we cannot earn, those wonderful things that we do not deserve, that's our God. That's Yahweh. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's merciful, man. What a wonderful thing. He does not give you what you do deserve. Okay? Are y'all with me? Can I get anybody some nest tea or maybe some uh, chocolate milk? And rend your, heart, your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger. Is that true? Slow to anger? Yeah, he is slow to anger. He's slow to anger. Okay? And he's been warning us over and over again, just like he warned Israel over and over again. Judah, over and over again. Hey, guys. I need my people to stop playing games. Okay. Slow to anger. Oh, I love this. I love this. Abounding in steadfast love. Abounding. What a, that's a nice word. Abounding. Abounding in steadfast love. That's your God. He's got enough love. Okay. All right. Moving forward. You guys are getting tired. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Now, here we go. Here we go. And he relents over disaster. That's cool. So even now, even now, it's not too late. Church folk, if we get serious about a relationship, if we repent of what we've been doing wrong, God will hear us, man. 
And he says, I want to heal your land, but I'm not about playing games with you. Okay? All right. Let me read Revelation 3, 19. Because God ain't picking on you. God ain't mean to you. All right? He loves you. He loves you with an undying love. He's abounding in steadfast love. Steadfast is a cool word. Steadfast. I ain't going nowhere. Okay, Revelation 3.19. Those whom I love, this is God talking to the church of Laodicea, those whom I love, I reprove. Not approve. Those whom I love, I correct. I rebuke. Why? Because I love them. Just like you're not going to let your kid go out and juggle a bunch of machetes in the street. You know what I mean? Like, boy, get back here. You know, juggling the machetes in the street. Okay, whatever. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So God chastens those he loves. God will bring discipline on his people. But he's going to do it out of love, just like you would to your kids. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. God's pleading with the Laodicean church. Take this serious, man, and repent. And God's doing that not just to VLC, you know, but certainly VLC, certainly Victory Life Church, but all of us, God's people. Wake up. Wake up. Turn from our sins. Repent. Okay? In other words, time, is, time, time for playing games, man, that's over. You know? That, that's over. God's calling his people to a serious, sold-out, devoted walk, man. Because time is short, and God needs us. There's a lost and dying world that really needs to see the love of Jesus in a crazy time. And they're going to see the love of Jesus through me and through you. Amen? Can I get a witness? Oh, Father God, we love you and we praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that we are a repentant people. That we are turning from our sins, Father God. And we hunger and thirst for you. That's what we want, Lord God. We want more of you and less of ourselves. Let us take this serious. Thank you that we are convicted, Lord. We are convicted in our hearts. Our hearts are heavy because, Lord God, we know that we've been playing games. Thank you, Father God, that, that we are rending our hearts, Lord, that we are, we are doing that about face, Lord that we confess our sins, that we see our sins as vile and wicked before a holy God, Lord, and we turn from it and we ask you sincerely, Lord, from a repentant heart, Lord, use us how you see fit, Lord. Father God, thank you for healing our land. Father God, we love you and we praise you. Let this be something that we genuinely take serious, that we just don't Say, well, someone else will do this. Someone else will stand in the gap. Ah, oh, just let me make sure I get the right cat in the office and everything will be swell. But let us understand, Lord, that you've called us to repent. That you've called us to get serious with our walk. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to victorylifechurchofmilton.com for more. And may God bless you.